All right, teachers, I want you to ponder over this for me. Have you ever witnessed the transformation when a hesitant reader turns into a confident, expressive reader? What does that metamorphosis look like in your classroom? And more importantly, how does that change impact their understanding and their love of reading? We are in episode three of our riveting series of the Fab Five Components of Literacy. So far, we've journeyed through the realms of phonemic awareness and phonics, and I bet you guessed it. Today, we're taking a deep dive into fluency. So welcome back to the Literacy Lounge. I am Sierra Harris, your host, and I am just having so much fun with this podcast series. I think it's really important that we are, as educators, we're establishing this foundational understanding of what literacy is and what those fab five components are. This is the third episode in this series. So if you're just now joining us, you're definitely going to want to head back to the last two episodes before this. I believe it's episode six and episode seven. Episode six is just really an overview of what the five components of literacy are. So we really very quickly dabble into each one and really talk about the importance of having all five and how they are all interconnected to each other. Then episode seven is a really a much more deep dive into phonemic awareness and phonics. I did combine those two into one. We actually had a special guest come on and talk to us about what these two components are, how they're connected in the entire journey of reading and literacy and comprehension, and then how, as teachers, we can support our students in those two areas of literacy. So we are on the next step, which of course is fluency. Keep your thoughts simmering as we really unravel the intricacies of fluency today. So sit back, grab your favorite cup of tea, and let's get fluent in fluency. Teaching skills like reading comprehension doesn't have to be overwhelming. With the right tools and strategies in place, you can find success for you and your students. Step into the Literacy Lounge, the podcast that will give you the what, why, and how to elevate your literacy instruction and get the results you've always wanted. Here's your host and veteran elementary school teacher, Sierra Harris. All right, so just to make sure we're all on the same page, I want to go over the general question of just what is fluency? So when we say fluency, we're really talking about a reader's ability to navigate a text both efficiently and expressively. It transcends mere speed. And I think there's a lot of misconceptions out there with teachers that think that fluency is all about reading quickly. And myself, I am not a fast reader. And so I think it's really important that we break this misconception that fluency is about speed. Now, rate is important, but speed really is not. At its heart, fluency really embodies accuracy, appropriate rate, and prosody. And a fluent reader doesn't merely decode the text, but they really bring it to life, making the words dance on the page with meaning and having fun while reading it. And fluency, now a lot of educators say that it's really the bridge between the 
first two components of literacy, what we talked about in past episodes, and the latter half of the five components of literacy, the vocabulary and the comprehension. I can have really great phonics instruction and phonemic awareness instruction, and my kids can be solid, but if they are not fluent readers, then they're not going to get to those latter pieces of literacy, which of course is our end goal. We want them to be able to comprehend the text. So fluency, again, is that bridge component between the first two and the last two components of literacy. Why is fluency important for readers? So there's really three main points that I want to make. So reading fluency stands as like this crucial pillar, right, in the learning journey, in the reading journey. And like I said, it's that bridge between recognizing words and then understanding them. When a child reads fluently, three things happen. One, they overall become more confident readers. Every word they recognize and every sentence they read smoothly boosts their self-esteem. Confidence is so important when it comes to students being able to read and read and comprehend. Like if they don't have the mindset behind it, that's going to be one of the hardest hurdles you face. Fluency can really help build that confidence in our readers. Another thing that happens is when we focus on fluency, our readers become a lot more motivated. The less that they struggle, the more they actually want to read. And so this intrinsic motivation is really key to fostering that love of reading that we all want our kids to experience. I mean, think about ourselves. If we're doing something on a daily basis that we struggle with, I don't want to do that. I don't want to take my time and and do that. Like, it's not fun. It's not fun to work that hard. It's not fun to struggle. It's not fun to see your peers, you know, move on and make it look so easy when for us, it's not. So by focusing on fluency and all of these components are finally clicking into place, they become a lot more motivated. So you'll see those students who maybe, you know, they don't like reading. They become your kids who love reading. And really, it's because they become fluent readers. And then the last thing of why fluency is so important is it really helps their reading sessions become a lot more productive. So when you're working with a student in a small group or whole group, when they're approaching a text, the time spent decoding is drastically reduced and it allows for deeper engagement with the text. And again, that's our end goal. Why are we reading this? Because we want them to comprehend. We want them to make meaning of the text, to take away meaning and apply their understanding to the text and to their own life. When we're able to focus on the fluency aspect of literacy, again, it makes their work that they are doing with that text so much more productive because now they're not having to focus on decoding words or focus on sounding words out or breaking apart words or whatever strategy they use. They're focusing more on engaging the text, making meaning, activating schema, making inferences, those more rigorous and in-depth strategies and skills we really want them to be using while they read. And they can do that because they are fluent readers. I think I've hit on a few of these, but I really want to mention and talk about how does fluency impact comprehension? So I know I said it literally two seconds ago, um, but I'll say it until I'm blue in the face. 
our end goal here is comprehension. And so all of these pieces are kind of leading up to the grand prize, which is the trophy of the fact that you get when you're able to make meaning of the text. So how does fluency impact your comprehension? Fluency actually and comprehension are really intertwined. And so I want you to consider the cognitive process that these two things involve. One, a fluent reader can focus on understanding. And so that's, again, one of the things we just mentioned. They're not being bogged down by figuring out individual words. And so this direct route to comprehension enables them to really understand subtle nuances, plot developments, character motivations, or whatever the text is providing. Those things come to life because they are a fluent reader, right? Another piece is that entire reduction in the cognitive load, meaning that fluent reading means that the brain is not overwhelmed with decoding. Instead, it has, for lack of better term, it has the bandwidth to predict. It's able to infer and it's able to connect ideas together. So the cognitive load shifts from kind of all of the minute hard work in the decoding realm of reading to more of the comprehension realm of reading. And the fluent reader is able to do that. And then the last thing when it comes to like the impact and comprehension is really the enhanced retention. And so what I mean by that is the smooth flow of reading really helps to ensure that the reader can remember and reflect on what they've read, promoting better retention and recall. We know that we want our readers to be active readers. And what I mean by that is I want my reader's brain to be turned on. I want them to be actively using metacognitive strategies to enhance their reading experience. I want them to ask questions. I want them to visualize. I want them to reflect on how they're doing with their reading. Do they need to reread in a certain area? Are they lacking understanding in this area? Do they need to go back? Do they need to connect more? Whatever they're realizing as they read because they are being more reflective readers and they're focusing on that retention and that recall. And again, they're only able to do this when that cognitive load has been lifted due to, you know, decoding and uh, phonemic awareness and phonics and those other literacy components being solid. They're solid. They're in place. I'm a fluent reader. And now I can really focus in on the comprehension. So all in all, does fluency impact comprehension? Absolutely. Really, all of the components of literacy impact our end goal, which is why in the science of reading and structured literacy, you know, all of this big push that's happening and the big change, that's really what this is all about, focusing on the five components of literacy that we are explicitly teaching them and making sure that all of these pieces fall into place so that we're truly able to identify where our students have deficiencies and gaps and be able to provide them with the instruction that they need. And fluency is included in that. So let's break down kind of the components of fluency. So we know what it is, why it's important. But when I say fluency, what are those four main components? It really is broken down into accuracy, rate, prosody, and automaticity. So let's break these four down real quick. And then we're going to, of course, get into some amazing strategies that you can do in your class. So make sure to stay tuned for that here in just a second. Accuracy. The first one when it comes to fluency, accuracy is really essential for understanding. This is like the big piece of it. Accuracy is about recognizing and reading words correctly. 
So regular exposure to things like varied vocab and practice with things like high-frequency words can enhance a student's accuracy. So if we're not reading the words correctly, if we're you know replacing words, skipping words because we don't know how to decode them, then it's clearly going to impact our understanding of the text overall. So the accuracy piece is really important. The second piece is rate. So finding the right pace is really key. While it varies among individuals, and I like I said, I am not a I am not a fast reader by all means. So it is going to vary from student to student. So please, please do not expect your students to all be reading at the same rate. That's my soapbox. I'll get off of it now. <laughs> so while, of course, like I said, it varies among in- individuals or among your students, an optimal rate really does ensure that comprehension without really sacrificing the engagement of the text. And so you want to make sure you have this balance. And it's really achieved through regular reading practice, making sure you're giving your students lots of feedback, and then setting appropriate reading challenges for your students as well. I always like to tell my teachers, because a lot of them get really caught up with rate. And this is what I tell them. And, you know, this is my professional advice. But I don't really care about a student's rate. If a student is comprehending appropriately, that I don't care at all how fast or how slow they read. If their rate is not impeding their comprehension, then their rate is perfectly fine for them. Now, if a student is not comprehending accurately, then I will look at rate as a potential lens, as a need for improvement. If their rate is fine, then I would look at other areas of fluency like accuracy, pronacy, and automaticity. And then, of course, look at the other lenses of literacy, meaning phonemic awareness and phonics. But honestly, rate is my least, the least worry of mine when it comes to my students. If they can comprehend, I don't care how slow they read. They can read at whatever pace they want to, as long as it's not impeding their comprehension. The third component of fluency is prosody. And this is really what is considered the melody of reading. And so it involves making the text come to life. It involves things like varying pitch, tone, volume, to really help reflect like the text emotions or questions or punctuation, exclamation marks, things like that. Teachers really can do a great job of this by demonstrating this in the read-alouds, making sure that we, when we're reading, that we're using varied intonations and that we are emphasizing lots of different emotions. Basically, make those characters come to life. Make reading fun to do. So that prosody is really important because that's where your engagement piece is going to come in with your students. If they're reading in a more monotone, you know, basic robotic type voice, then it's boring to say, it's boring to read, it's boring to listen to. So really making sure we're making that story come to life in that expression is the third key. And then the final component when we really drill down into fluency is the automaticity. This is where we're recognizing words on site. We don't need to decode them. And it's really the hallmark of what a fluent reader is. And this skill can be cultivated through um, repeated exposures to words, making sure we have explicit vocabulary instruction, explicit phonemic awareness and phonics instruction, and really engaging in word type activities. Again, accuracy, rate, prosody, and automaticity are the main four components. So when you're looking at assessing whether your students are fluent readers, those would be the four lenses that I would look at. Again, rate would be the bottom of my list, and I really wouldn't care as much about that one if it's not impacting comprehension. 
Let's get into the nitty gritty now. I know that you're probably like, I love this. This is fantastic. I understand fluency. But hopefully the question on all of your minds is how can I support my students with improving their fluency? So I want to give you some activities and strategies that you can walk away with, of course, to use in your classroom tomorrow if you, you know, if that's something that you would like to do. My number one strategy is the most important. And this is really going to be to model your fluent reading. And you can do this through something called echo reading. And so you would do something where you would choose like a short passage, you know, an engaging type text, and the teacher reads a line or a sentence fluently with proper intonation, proper expression. And then afterwards, of sort, of course, the students then echo back, mimicking the teacher's fluency. And so you would really want to start with shorter, simpler sentences and then gradually move to more complex ones as your students become more confident in this echo reading type activity. And so this allows them to experience really what it's like to be a fluent reader, to know what a an accurate rate is, to know what accurate expression is, to know how to change their voice, you know, with punctuation mark and how to phrase things. Phrasing is really big in fluency. And so what does that phrasing look like? Like, where can I take a breath? Where should I stop? All of those pieces can be modeled when doing this echo reading strategy. Another great strategy, and this is, uh, you know, a tale as old as time, but I love using reader's theater. Reader's theater is fantastic. Obviously, students are assigned roles from a script. It can be based on a story they've read. So if you are tied to a curriculum, you can easily turn any fictional text, even nonfiction. You could, you know, reader one, reader two, reader three, something as simple as that. And so without memorizing lines, they practice reading their parts. They practice them multiple times. They focus on fluency. They focus on expression. And so then you're able to, you know, make it even more fun if you want to use props, costumes, voice modulations, whatever, to make it more engaging. And then they present their, you know, their text. And it's super fun and engaging. And students really don't realize that they're really practicing fluency in this this whole experience. And not like I said, it's a tale as old as time. It's an old strategy, but it is a good one, especially if you have a majority of your students who are kind of in that in between, you know, where we're, we focused on phonics and phonemic awareness. We're getting to the point where, you know, we really want to hit comprehension hard, but I want to make sure my kids are fluent readers. This would be something that you could easily implement into, you know, a center. I know there's a lot of readers theater centers out there that you can grab or have your school grab for you, but it could easily become a center. It could become something maybe that you do every Friday at the end of the week where you take your story and, you know, practice it maybe for a few minutes and then they everyone gets to present. However you can fit it in, I highly, highly recommend it. Another strategy that I would try is timed repeated reading. And so what basically this is, is students read a familiar passage for a set amount of time, for example, like one minute. And the aim is to read it fluently, improving each subsequent reading. I liked giving my kids little cards where they could actually practice using stopwatches. Nowadays, if you have tablets in your classroom, obviously we all have the technology with the stopwatches right on there, but it's always fun to have like old-fashioned stopwatches too. They time themselves reading a passage and okay, the first time I did it, you know, I got it done in, you know, 36 seconds. So let's try it, you know, part two. Try it again. Can I read it faster? What's my goal now? And having that competition with yourself 
is really cool because it's motivational. Students love to, you know, break records, see, you know, what the fastest time is. Now, of course, you want to iterate the fact that we're not looking for the fastest. We're really looking for, you know, did you pick up maybe a few more seconds? And why? Why did you get faster? Because it was easier because you decoded this word last time, but now you know that word, you were able to recognize it more quickly, which improved your accuracy. You know, have those discussions and maybe even say something like, if you read it in 20 seconds or less, you read too fast. So I think having those parameters set to be like, listen, even I can't read it this fast. So if you read it this fast, then you're not going to write that down. We're not going to celebrate that. And so, you know, I want to make sure that you have those parameters set in place. Another activity, again, you could try is a phrasing with punctuation practice. So basically, you would provide students with a passage that lacks punctuation. And if you ever do this on your own, like I struggle reading this sometimes. So after reading it once, discuss how like the punctuation helps with phrasing and then let your students decide maybe where the punctuation marks might go and then read it again, adding in those pauses and intonations. So not only are they going to see the importance of punctuation, but they're going to see how it really impacted their fluency. And so this is a super fun activity you can do. I always just got out my whiteout at the copy machine. And if this is something I knew I wanted to do, like any fluency passage or comprehension text that I could do, and I would just white out all the punctuation marks real quick and then make my copy so every student had a copy and then this would be the activity we did and so maybe that was the warm-up activity before we got into the comprehension of the passage it really kind of all rolled into one activity so this is a great little thing that you can kind of add on to something you're already doing the final strategy I'm going to leave you with is partner reading with peer feedback I think that all in all feedback from peers from teachers is really important to focus on, especially with something like fluency, because because fluency isn't as black and white. Fluency is a more experience when it comes to, you know, being able to quote grade it or get better. And so having consistent feedback is really important. So this is an activity you could do. Basically, have your students pair up and they take turns reading passages to each other. And then the the one student who is the listener is going to provide feedback on their fluency and on their expression. And you actually could add in the timing activity that we mentioned earlier. They could time each other. They could record their times. I've even done it where I've created like fluency rating scales. So like on a scale of one to five, you know, how was their expression? On a scale of one to five, how was their um, accuracy? Like, did they have to stop a lot and decode words? So I do this a lot. I practice. I model this um, with my students before I make this an activity that they do together because I want to make sure they understand how to give feedback, how to rate appropriately. Like we're not just going to give our friends fives because they're our best friend or give them ones because, you know, we don't like them. But really, what is the purpose of feedback and how is this helpful for each other? But once you model this a few times, do it as a whole class, do it in small groups where you lead the small group, then turn it over into a center and it becomes a, a fan favorite with your students. I highly recommend that one as well. And there it is educators, we have journeyed through the vast landscape of reading fluency, exploring its depths, understanding its impact, and really arming ourselves with strategies to cultivate the world of fluency in our young readers. But as we wrap up today's episode, I really want to challenge each of you 
in the upcoming week, I want you just to pick one fluency enhancing technique that we discussed today, and I would like you to put it in action in your classroom. So whether it's modeling fluent reading, repeated reading, diving into phrasing or chunking, witness that transformation that it helps to bring into your students. And remember that fluency is not just about speed. It's about fostering a love of expressive and meaningful reading. So if today's episode resonated with you, or if you had an aha moment, please take a moment to leave a rating or review. Your feedback not only helps us improve, but also ensures that other educators out there benefit from our discussions here inside the Literacy Lounge. And don't forget that this is just the third part in our Fab Five components of literacy. So stay tuned next week as we dive into the remaining components. We've got vocabulary and comprehension both coming up. So trust me, you do not want to miss out. So I wish you all a week filled with literary discoveries and moments of inspiration. Until next time, keep those pages turning and those minds churning. We hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Literacy Lounge with Sierra Harris. You can find any of the resources mentioned in the show notes at sierraharristeaching.com slash podcast. If you're looking for more support with close reading, download the free close reading guidebook at www.buildingcomprehension.com slash close dash reading dash guidebook. Until next time, happy reading.